Good afternoon, Universe in St. Louis. This is Pastor Brian Wolfmuller, and you are listening to Cross Defense, where on Monday afternoon we talk about doctrine, and we talk about how great doctrine is. I mean, how absolutely fantastic the truth of the Scriptures are for us. And we're going to do that today, centering around the question, how can we be sure about theology? How can we be sure about the things that we say, believe, confess, the things we argue about? How can we be sure if they're true or not? Uh, to do that, I've got three guests, two on the line, one from a book. Pastor Sean Denzer, Pastor Andrew Preuss are joining us. Pastor Sean Denzer is pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Great Bend and Peace Lutheran Church in Barney, North Dakota. Pastor Preuss is pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Gutenberg and St. Paul Lutheran Church in McGregor, Iowa. Uh, pastor Denzer, Pastor Preuss, welcome to Cross Defense. Hey, thank, thank you for having me again. Great we to got, be here. We got Peeper with us, too. Francis Peeper, the great dogmatician of the turn of the century, who's still a hundred and something years later, just cranking on all four cylinders or eight. I don't know how many cylinders they had back then. It's so helpful. I mean, it, it shows that the good stuff uh, never gets old. And, and we're going to take up this question that he takes up, and that is, how can you be certain about something. And in fact, he's going to push it even further. We want to talk about a subjective certainty. How can you how can each of us be sure that the things that we know are in fact true? Now, uh, I, I want to start out, maybe have you guys uh, set up the conversation for me a little bit, because the idea that we can be sure about doctrine, be sure about theology, be sure about the things that we say, um, that idea is almost laughed at nowadays. I mean, it is just assumed that everything is an opinion, and you can't be sure and you can't be certain about anything but scientific stuff. Um, Pastor Preuss, why don't you start us off about the kind of the tyranny of uncertainty that we live in? Yeah, it's it's kind of a, it's been a sort of a, a product of the Enlightenment, where you know the Enlightenment in the the 18th and 19th centuries gave us told us that that we can have this objective reason you know this that, that everything is totally objective and we, we can know that stuff is true uh, because of our scientific investigation stuff like that and uh, and this is this kind of scientific certainty that you know that you can have in the in the reason of man but now we have we've come into kind of the uh, the, the we're, we're, we have to face sort of the illegitimate children of the modern age, and that would be the the postmodernists who've kind of realized that well, no, you can't really have total certainty on this stuff. Not everything is objective, and so now we're left just questioning everything, and you can't even know whether the sky is blue. Uh, and it just gets really absurd with some some of the people you talk to, and so you know you talk about uh, morality and truth and and any type of assertion. It has to be simply a relative, you know, kind of subjective uh, opinion, but it can't actually be asserted as as the truth. Pastor Denzer, uh, keep going with that idea. What what do you think we're up against with this, with the plague of uncertainty that surrounds us? Well, I don't think it's I don't think it's tenable. I, I'm not sure anybody is really able to to continue to function like that. I, I think they try. I mean, I think uh, the Enlightenment is a strong force, uh, as Pastor Price said, and and they want to you know pay homage to that. Uh, but but they also, I think, recognize the truth of well, maybe we can't, you know, the difficulty that that they can't know everything, and um, 
the the tough part is you gotta you gotta pull some practical, usable principles uh, from somewhere. Uh, I think in a lot of these cases we're kind of borrowing from the leftovers of Christianity that are kind of uh, you know hanging in the air of our culture. This is kind of like a contact high, like maybe you didn't smoke it yourself, but it's in the air still. And, uh, it's, it's just, it's there. It's, it's not having the same effect it ought to. And they're not intending to, to absorb it, and, and they'd probably be offended to find out that they're using it, but, um, but it's the only thing they have to grab, grab onto to use to, to survive the daily life. Give me an example of that. What, what comes to mind? Oh, I... I think some people are really clear about you know um, you know we 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 buy the notion that we don't have any purpose in this world we don't come from a creator uh, we're products of random chance etc and that'd be a strong enlightenment um, scientist scientistic um, understanding of the world and yet there's the assertion that this doesn't lead us to pursue ourselves but ought to still we still ought to live our lives in such a way that we we don't harm other people you know we do we do what makes us happy but also we make sure that we don't do things that make other people unhappy and uh, the first part i guess i can kind of buy the second part though doesn't have a strong rationale for it uh, if anything i think we would say that you know to borrow from kipling that nature is red and tooth and claw and if, if we're simply other parts of nature you know different than any other animal it would make good sense for us to do exactly what we want and what seems best for us at any moment and and there should be no concern for anyone else actually so so you can't start with materialistic assumptions evolution and so forth that everything that is can be measured and 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 so materialistic and naturalistic assumptions and then conclude with love your neighbor you just can't get from there from one place to another so any sort of love able, your neighbor i haven't been able to see that i, I think there's an inconsistency there and, and in a sense in, in a roundabout way you almost want to thank thank god for for the 1940s and the horrible things of world war ii because i think people pulled back they said hold on maybe maybe we can't just run wild with all our ideas that have come from this you know godless worldview uh because well we saw the results there and uh and thankfully there was a conscience left in people however dimmed that they were able to say whoa this this is inhuman so we have the situation pastor Preuss kind of set it up for us this way we have the situation where the enlightenment came along and said you can't be sure about anything that you can't scientifically prove so certainty was certainty was bound up to the to the realm of science and taken away from all of the other realms and then postmodernity came along and even took away the certainty from science took away the certainty from our own observe you know capacity to observe things outside of ourselves and whatever so that there's there's really no certainty left and here and here we are today this afternoon talking about how can you know uh your the how can you be sure and certain about your theology it seems like um it doesn't just seem like we're outdated. It seems like we're five or six waves of culture behind. I mean, even to be asking this question seems like it's putting us uh, out of step. I mean, the idea of certainty uh, doesn't seem to have a place anywhere in our culture. And yet, and yet, I think, Pastor Denzer, you've pointed out that every person, um, w when it comes down to it, you have to be certain about something. You have to, at last, you know, either be certain about something or just abandon yourself to us to a certainty when you're when it's time to act you 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 can't live in this kind of monster of uncertainty but how can we apply it to theology so pastor Porce, i want to bring that question to you how how can we um start to approach this question of certainty 
when it comes to our theolo- to our theology or to our confession, to our doctrine? Well, you, you have to understand it according to where you stand. Um, you know, you take, take the, take the uh, analogy of a baby who's nursing. That baby doesn't need to know how that milk is formed or, you know, the, or various things that maybe the mother does need to know about, you know, that she can't eat certain things when she's nursing or, or take certain medication or, or, some, or, or, what, or what have you. All the baby needs to know is that his mother is there and that his mother is feeding him. And he has certainty to latch on and to eat. And uh, so it depends on where you are. And so where do we begin? Um, we need to begin as God's creatures. Um, and uh, the psalmist and the proverb says, the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom. And that really is what certainty is, the certainty in what you say, certainty in what you know. So we need to know, first of all, who we are and who God is and where we stand before him. And, of course, outside of Christ, that's, uh, that's uh, as, as condemned sinners. But, uh, you know, this is, this is, this is uh, the knowledge of salvation in Christ gives us that certainty. Um, and so, so, you know, you don't have to. It's just like what you were saying before in the, you know, the previous parts about theology and science, that the knowledge, the true theological knowledge is to know God through his Son, Jesus Christ. And so, it's, so we begin by where we are situated. We don't begin with the sub, with with hot, with what uh, you know with math, the, the idea that somehow we have to master the subject matter, but rather we should begin with where we are and that who who actually is the master and who is the student. There is something here that I so I barely can understand and I cannot articulate, but I, I'm gonna. I'm going to kind of mumble for a little bit and and see if you guys can can kind of prop me up or even just get at what I'm after and say it better than I am because I think Pastor Price there's a there's a there's a profound profound genius in what you said um in a number of ways but especially this that that if we do not understand ourselves as God's creation then um then we cannot we cannot arrive at any sort of capacity to be certain about anything. In other words, before we are able to to say that we can be certain about the things that we know, we have to confess that we are creatures created by God so that the capacity for certainty is something that God has given us as his creatures. Yeah. And let me just contrast that. If if I am just the result of sort of random molecules bouncing off of each other, if I am at the end of this great long story of evolution, then there can be no trustworthiness in my senses, either to observe things, to measure things, to think things, to say things, or to feel things. There can be no, there's no trustworthiness in myself because it's all just happenstance and it could come crumbling apart at any, any given moment. But for me to be able to trust the things that I hear or see or whatever is a, is a direct result of my being created by God the Father. I, I wish I could say that in a it, clear way. Well, it, yeah, it, it, what it does is it, it makes you dependent um, first of all, when, when you understand yourself as a creature of God, then you know that there are limitations that God has placed on you, and that's actually very liberating and freeing. Um, it takes a lot of uh, uh, the pressure off of you. Um, when you take that away and you, you look at we're all just a, um, the product of the progression of random events um, or the progression of history, you know, without God, um, well, then there's a lot of pressure on us to kind of 
move on in this march of mankind and progress and do something great. And we're always taught when we're young, you know, shoot for the stars. Don't let anyone hold you back. You can be whatever you want. And I think that this gets into theology a lot, too, where it's like, you know, being a Christian is about being the leader or being, you know, uh, uh, winning a lot of people for Jesus or, you know, progressing to this who knows, you know, who knows where it ends. Um, but when we actually understand our station in life is before God, then we see, we see, oh, wow, I don't actually have to be going on doing all these marvelous progressive things and progressing to like some new spirituality or some new intellect. I simply need to know what my parents have taught me from the Bible, my, what my pastor teaches me, um, and what, what it is, what my duty is here in this ordinary life. And it's, and it's very liberating, actually. Pastor Denzer. Yeah, I, no, I think you've said it very well. And this is, you know, maybe the question I think is kind of best for, for presenting to science scientistic uh, folks or, or, you know, full-on materialists, um, is what is the what is the rationale for that there should be reason and we should consider it to be reasonable? I, I think the the Christian scientists of, of earlier ages proceeded at their task of discovering the world with joy and with the freedom that Pastor Preuss was talking about, because they knew they were creations of God, and they knew that they were surrounded by creations of God, and they were free to discover God's you know reason and, and, the, and the words that God had spoke into being and into nature uh, all around them, and they would discover those things, as opposed to trying to put our reason, whatever we want to call that, upon it and, and almost you know, fit it into our reason when we still haven't established whether there is a reason. In fact, we have everything that, every reason to believe that, uh, you know, um, the greatest and highest pro- thing of progress of, of our universe, which, man, I have to think it's the human mind, uh, or, or maybe that's just my own arrogance coming out, but we have no reason. I mean, it, how do we know it's progressive? In fact, it might even be a dead end evolutionarily. And um, even so, how did it come about? Uh, accident. Well, if, if God is the Word, then when He creates us to worship Him, He's going to give us ears to hear. Mm-hmm. So, so our capacity to take in the things around us is a direct... Um, it's, it's directly related to, to who God is, the one who speaks. We, so if he's speaking, he's going to give us the capacity to hear. If he's creating, he's going to give us the capacity to see. And if he is the Logos, then he's going to give us the capacity, although corrupted and fallen by sin, to reason and to know things. This is so that, so that our createdness is what, it, is what gives us a ground, an anthropological ground, a, a doctrine of humanity grounds to build up any sort of certainty. And if you don't have that, then it makes sense that you can't have any sort of certainty at all, any sort of epistemological uh, standing, any any sort of way to know anything. So we start with the fact, I mean, this is all, I think, a complicated way of saying that ears to hear come from the Lord. Jesus says, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. And he's reflecting the doctrine of Solomon, who says, ears to hear and eyes to see are a gift from God, so that we we begin by the fact that God created us, and then that opens the door to all sorts of wonderful certainty, to all sorts of wonderful conclusions where we can say, hey, God has taught me, and now I am, I am one who has learned from God. I'm one who's listened to the voice of God. Of Jesus, and and then when we hear that voice, we can have certainty. Well, we're, uh, it's somehow the end of the segment. Uh, it, we're going to introduce Peeper's voice 
into this whole thing, but I'm going to wait to do that after we take a short break. So we're going to take a break, guys, for two minutes. That's not long enough for you to get anything done, so you got to listen to these breaks, these commercials, and then join us back here to talk about how can we be sure about our theology. We're going to hear what Pieper says. We're going to look at the verses that he points us to right after the break. Break. I'm Pastor Brian Wolfmuller uh, from Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado, uh, with you for Cross the Fence this Monday afternoon. Stay tuned. I was glad when they said to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. Psalm 122, verse 1. Each weekday, the servants of God at the LCMS International Center gather together to receive the gifts of God in His Word. I invite you to join us weekdays, 10 a.m., for a live broadcast of daily chapel services on KFUO, Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. What if? Two words that can change your life. Without my kidney and lung transplants, I would not be a husband or father. Without my bone transplant, I would not be holding my baby niece. Without a kidney transplant, my husband and I would not be active today. Each year, over 60 Missourians die waiting for a transplant. What if? What if? What if it were you? Don't let what ifs change your life. Sign up to be a donor. Go to donatelifemo.org. Sponsored by the Missouri Department of Health and Senior Services. The story of Worldwide KFUO is a tale of technology. Radio was new in 1924 when KFUO was born to serve Christ the Savior. Now, KFUO is still finding new broadcast technologies so we can spread the gospel to the world via the web, smartphones, tablets, and new intelligent speaker devices. And when the next big thing is unveiled, we'll be there too. Broadcasting the good news at the forefront of technology. We are Worldwide KFUO. Three things make a believer. Oratio, meditatio, tentatio. Prayer, meditation, and growth. Which is why every weekday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. we bring you Oratio, an hour of solace, contemplation, scripture, sacred music, and faith. Oratio, the dawn breaks with prayer every morning on Worldwide KFUO. Now, welcome back to Cross Defense. I'm Pastor Brian Wolfmuller, Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. All the various different projects that I'm up to end up on the website called wolfmuller.co, like Colorado, because we couldn't afford the M. And I have with me Pastor Sean Danzer and Pastor Andrew Preuss, and we're talking about certainty in theology, which is a great topic because it's so fantastic to talk about something that nobody even thinks is possible. I mean, we live in this sort of desert of certainty. Nobody wants to know anything for sure. Nobody thinks that knowing something for sure is even a possibility. We don't even try. And yet the Bible will speak often uh, about knowing what is true and believing it, having that absolute certainty. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to Peeper here for a little bit, except for let me see if you guys want to, if we need anything else before we hear how Peeper talks about certainty in theology. Pastor Denzer, anything we need to pick up from the last segment before we move on? Oh, I don't know. Let's hear Peeper. Uh, Pastor Preuss? Yeah, we'll, let's, uh, we'll, we'll hear from Peeper uh, basically just who the 
I guess the one thing I would say is that the, the um, with certainty there's authority. Um, Jesus spoke with authority, and he spoke with certainty, and that's what people that that's what people encounter when they encounter certainty. They encounter authority, and so in order for us to understand how we can have certainty, we need to acknowledge what the authority is, and that's what Peter is going to be talking about here. Well, here he comes right out of the box and says this: Scripture gives a clear and simple answer to the question concerning subjective certitude. Christ tells all Christians, including the theologians, I think that's, just as an aside, I think it's great how, how Pieper reminds the theologians that Jesus is also talking to them. <laughs> that's, sorry. Okay, so Christ tells all Christians, including the theologians, quote, If you continue in my word, you shall know the truth. John eight thirty one and 32. Christ here states two things. First, there is such a thing as Christian certainty. Ye shall know the truth. And second, that this certain knowledge of the truth is identical with continuing in the word of Christ, believing his word. And then this from Peeper, and we'll stop there to talk about it. This short, pithy, wonderful, punch-to-the-face sentence, Peeper says, Faith is certainty. What do you guys think? Pastor Denzer, you start. Really tough. Uh, really, uh, I mean, I think everybody screams no at that. The one thing we're certain, I don't know if most people have thought much about the word faith, but but I, but I get the impression most of them think faith means you kind of like believe, choosing to believe something that you know is basically wrong. But you're gonna you're gonna go along with it anyway, you know, Santa Claus kind of stuff, uh, and and that is not at all the way Christians understand faith. It's it's trust in a promise. It's it's listening to the word of someone else and and receiving it and and being formed by it, um, or as you said, being being passive before it, um, and letting the certainty be delivered to us. And that's what Jesus is saying. And yes, he's talking not just to simple-minded Christians who have that kind of Santa Claus faith. No, he's saying that the the faith that is created by this word is the certainty. You, Everybody is, I, I actually really like what Pastor Preuss was getting at to connect us, is there's a matter of authority. And and isn't this surprising? Everybody is desperately looking for an authority. They want to, they want to have confidence. And um, they're looking all over the place. In fact, in some cases, it does look like they're willing to look outside of themselves. Uh, but um, as it turns out, science, you know, scientific understanding is not actually outside of ourselves. It's, it's, it's trying to work ourselves to a place where we have comprehended, have included it within ourselves, the great mysteries and, and wonderful realities of the universe, including God, if he exists. And rather, what, what Pieper is saying here in, in quoting Christ is, this is delivered, this is given to us. And in this word that is delivered to us, um, trusting in it, that is where certainty comes from. So here's the answer. It, it, it is the old answer, and that is when God speaks and gives it to us. Right. Pastor Preuss. Yeah, I'd have to agree that uh, with Pastor Denzer that um, this is very hard to, to hear um, uh, from, you know, this is, this is hard for our uh, modern sentiments, you know, to, to hear and to grasp that faith is certainty and that God simply gives it to us. Um, and we don't go looking for it. He simply gives it to us in his word. The one thing that I would highlight here is the second point that uh, Pieper makes is that the knowledge of the truth um, is identical with continuing in the Word of Christ. 
and that this, uh, you know, later on he goes on to talk about how, you know, Luther had this experience where he would just always have to return to the Word, and that that's where he would finally find a certainty. And I can speak from experience as a pastor that, um, you know, sometimes I might get bogged down with some things and get really anxious and nervous, and um, and I'm and I'm you know my uh, my my regular devotion in the scriptures and study of the scriptures wanes a bit, and then I'll just sit down, read the Bible, and I just think, okay, I have all this stuff on my mind, I'm just going to sit down and read the Bible, and honestly, the the confidence just comes back, the the assurance of what my task is as a pastor, as a Christian, as a father, as a husband, you know, all those things, they just, that's what the Word does. You continuing in the Word, guarding the Word. It doesn't just simply mean believing the things that you learned a long time ago in catechism class, but continuing in the Word, depending on it, guarding it, uh, let it be your life, um, and there you have, there you find your certainty. Pastor, uh, Pastor Denzer, something on that. To add to that, just, uh, I mean, we should not get ahead of ourselves. It shows with what we were talking about before the break also how we, we really do not want to be creatures. We really want to be gods. We want to be in charge of everything and taking care of everything and comprehending and, and, get, and directing, if at all possible, everything. Um, and for one thing, here we are talking particularly about this certainty in, in theology, right? Um, and I think Pastor Preuss is absolutely right that, that there's a lot of certainty in almost every other sphere of life that comes from this truth as well. Um, but but for our purposes, we can begin with, what about the things of God, the things relating to God? Where do we get that? And as I think, as I've said before, as I think I really learned from Peeper, um, being a guest on this show from, from many of our, uh, from your guests and your hosts, is um, the words about God that we toss around, our theologizing, is not to be anything other than the words that come from God. Um, and almost every heresy, almost every doubt, every struggle that people have had, um, theologian or just plain old Christian, you know, to quote Peeper, or I think he pins the theologians as the worst crowd, um, our difficulties and our struggles come from trying to bring something outside of what God has given us in to bolster up our thoughts and our words and our, our our opinions of God. And usually that's just the stuff we make up and pull out of the air or assert because we want God to be like us. Uh, the very point of theology, which, which gives it its certainty, is that we are not adding other things to it. We are simply... The words that God delivers concerning himself are the words that we repeat back to him and to others about him. Theology is not... It's it's just it's not like learning algebra or, or calculus or something where where when we are learning these things, you know we're fighting against our own mental weakness, we're fighting against our own laziness and forgetfulness. I mean, when we're learning the doctrine, we we are fighting against all those things. But we are but more than that, we're fighting against the devil. And so Jesus tells the story, the the parable of the sower who goes out to sow the seed and the birds come and pluck the seed off of the path. This is how it is whenever the God's Word is preached, the devil is right there to pluck it away. He, the devil is trying to, to steal away the certainty of the Lord's Word so that our learning theology is in fact a spiritual battle. It's not just a, a matter of doing uh, um, you know, multiplication tables or something like that. And, and what Jesus is saying here is that theology is in fact more than learning. It's more than adding information to our minds. 
that the task of theology is handing us over to something called faith, which is nothing other than being absolutely sure of the things that God says. If you continue in my word, you will know the truth. You will have the the confirmation of the truth of what the Lord says right there in the word itself. It's not waiting for this sort of internal flip to switch so that now I hear the word, but now inside it's somehow confirmed mystically or something like that. But that the certainty comes from the word itself. And, and Peter's going to push us on to the next verse, which is wonderful, Romans ten seventeen, which he probably quotes a thousand times in his dogmatics, and I think we would do well to quote it a thousand times in our own conversations, where Paul states very clearly, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So the faith, the certainty in the Word of God, is not something that we create in ourselves, but something that God himself creates in us through the Word, which is what you were talking about, Pastor Preuss, already. Yeah. Yeah, this is, and it shows us that we're not the ones in control. This goes back to the the, the foil of the Enlightenment was um, they thought that man was in control now and god is simply the thoughts of men you know or, or he's just up in the clouds just kind of letting man figure it all out and so the god god was replaced with man's reason but um but but when but the word of god teaches us and romans ten seventeen, the faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of god teaches us that god's word is in control and there's this you know as he says later on quotes luther's axiom that man is is uh, passively certain, um, just as the Word of God uh, is actively certain. And you get that, it goes right, it goes back to what I was saying before about, you know, recognizing your station in life, your position. You're not the one in control. God is. And and He's not just in control in some sovereign, um, sort sort of invisible way that you have to just figure out through the right use of your reason. No, He, He reveals His control. He reveals His power in the Word. That is the power of God, right in there in the Gospel, and that is the active certainty. And so when you read the Bible, you listen to the Bible, you, you sit in church learning, you study, you have conversations, you're talking about God's Word, God is always active in that, and you are always passive. Um, even though you are actively pursuing it with the new man, you still remain passive, receiving that certainty from God's Word. Pastor Denzer. The myth of kind of like human neutrality, you know, as the commander of all things going out and and determining one day, well, I think I probably better investigate this God fellow and and, uh, see if he's around, and and if he is, see if he's worthy of my attention, is a myth. It it always has been a myth. Um, uh, In fact, the very assertion that God is our creator ends that myth, uh, that he is, of course, logically and and temporally and everything prior to us. But, um, but, 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 God does not put himself as this distant fellow, but he is making himself known to us. His, his very act of creation is a speaking and a causing to come into existence. And that is the same way that the relationship, the connection, and we'd say a positive relationship between God and his children happens. It is by him, again, speaking his word and us then hearing it and hearing it in faith, uh, in trust, in, in having this um, 
you know, a relationship that is not determined by ourselves hunting around to find God, but by his word and it being believed. Oh, we have to say that we really are not neutral. Um, and, and, and to say to God, you know, yes, I've, I've heard your word, uh, I've heard your promises, um, uh, that's all wonderful, but I really need to find a way to make sure that what you're telling me is, is, is reliable. You cannot say that without saying, God, your word is not reliable, um, and I need something else besides you to make it reliable. What is that going to be? In some way, it's going to be us. It's going to be us manipulating, you know, the rest of the world, or just us, you know, coming to a certainty within ourselves. That is, that is what we're fighting against. We're fighting against a deep unbelief, a deep unbelief that, that simply hears God's word and says, well, that's pretty good. Um, well, think about Adam and Eve in the garden, right? Well, yeah, God really said, or did he? Well, right? This gets to the center, central article of our faith. We are justified by faith alone, not by works. Um, this means, then, that we do not justify God by our works. God's Word is justified by His works. And, uh, and so you can't separate the Word of God from the, from the work of God. We are justified by the work of Christ. We're justified by the work of God, and that's inseparable from His Word. And so all of these, this, 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 this fleeing God's Word or, or subjecting God's Word to our investigation is really subjecting God's Word to our work. And the way that you justify God is by faith. Um, the same way that you personally are justified before God is by faith, by believing what God says and trusting in what God has done in Christ. This is, we, we're tempted to think that theology is... Uh, like the scientist, you know, studying the the tree or the bug or the sun, that that we are the one who's looking, and now we're able to determine what is true. But what you guys are saying, picking up on Peeper, it's which is is so fantastic, is that when it comes to theology, we are in fact the object of the Lord's uh, work. His will, His doing. He creates us. He redeems us. He sends the word to be preached into our ears. He gives us faith. He rescues us from sin, death, and the devil. And our certainty is also the result of the Lord's work. He delivers us to certainty through the preaching of the word. So rather than understanding ourselves as these sort of great scientific investigators into the theological mysteries, uh, people are uh, giving us the words of Jesus and the words of Paul flips it exactly around and saying, hey, when it comes to theology, the Lord is the one that's working, and he also, in that work, gives us the gift of certainty. Pastor Preuss, thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. That, that, um, that God, I mean, use the analogy again of like um, <clears throat> when you go to, uh, when you go to a mechanic and you bring him, you, you know, you, you, uh, you bring him your car he's in the position of the one who's going to fix your car. He knows what he's talking about. Um, and I think that uh, maybe most of us have had the experience of going to a mechanic and he's talking fast and he's not really answering all your questions and he's just kind of, and you don't really trust him. Um, and you're, un, you're uneasy about it. But when you go to a mechanic and you, you know him, you know, he's the, I live in a small town and, and it's nice to have, you know, these, I've gotten to know these mechanics, and, they, and they, they know me, they know my car, and so I can entrust it to them. Um, this, so there's part of that, uh, that confidence that they're going to get the job done. Um, you know, whether you're talking about a doctor or anyone else in a position of authority who has, con- who, who has given control over something that you have, whether it's your body, your car, or your soul, 
which is what God, you know, God has, has the authority over all of that. Um, when you know God, um, then, uh, and you trust in Him, um, then uh, you, you, you continue to grow to have that certainty that His Word actually is true. Um, and, uh, and it's true not because you, you believe it. Hmm. It's true because He has spoken it. And he has shown it to be true again and again and again by his work. Um, and, uh, and you can rely on that. You know, what I say to, the, to my parishioners is, you know, whenever you come to the Lord's Supper and you say, uh, and you, you, you hear, you know, this is the body of Jesus, this is the blood of Jesus. Well, how do you know? Well, because his word is true. How do you know it's true? Um, how has God demonstrated this? Because he, he raised his son from the dead. And wisdom is justified by our children. God's work always justifies His Word, and it has always done it, and it will continue to do so. That is Pastor Andrew Preuss, and Pastor Sean Denzer is here. I'm Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. We are cross-defending, although that's kind of... We are hosting cross-defense. We're talking about theology and the joy of it, the certainty that comes from the Lord's Word, the certainty that the Lord gives to us. We've got to take a break here for two minutes, and we'll be back on the other side. Uh, to to bring this home a, a little bit more, this what does this gift of certainty look like in the life of the Christian, and how do we find it? Stay tuned. Three things make a believer. Oratio, meditatio, tentatio. Prayer, meditation, and growth. Which is why every weekday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. we bring you Oratio, an hour of solace, contemplation, scripture, sacred music, and faith. Oratio, the dawn breaks with prayer every morning on Worldwide KFUO. You hear our voices every day as we speak the gospel, share the latest news, or for insightful and sometimes entertaining talk. Why not share your voice with us and send us your feedback, suggestions, and questions? Leave your comment at 314-996-1542. Be sure to follow us on social media, too, so you can like, comment, and share your favorite posts. Drop an email to KFUO at KFUO.org or send a snail mail letter to Worldwide KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. Most of us in this computer age read by scrolling the information we're seeing. The fact is, scrolling has been around for centuries. The Bible says that in Nazareth, Jesus took the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, unrolled it, and read what was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to give good tidings to the poor. And when he finished, he rolled the scroll back up. Having a Bible in Jesus' time would have meant literally an armful of scrolls, and having one the length of Isaiah would have been unusual. Likely, Nazareth had an Isaiah scroll in its synagogue, and perhaps rolls of the Torah that Jesus read from. One of the most important discoveries in the 20th century was the Dead Sea Scrolls, scores of biblical and religious texts used by Jews around the first century B.C., a preserved scrolling of the Bible. Engage with and read this book of books. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible. Welcome back. 
Across the Fence. I'm Pastor Brian Wolfmuller of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. I have here with me Pastor Sean Denzer uh, of a couple of churches in North Dakota, Trinity Lutheran Church in Great Bend and Peace Lutheran Church in Barney. Also Pastor Andrew Preuss, who's pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Gutenberg, Iowa, St. Paul Lutheran Church in McGregor, Iowa. And also uh, Francis Pieper, this great theologian who's pointing us to the scriptures, telling us how we can be sure of the doctrine and talking about how it's a gift of God. And somehow that connected to a story from Pastor Preuss about getting his car fixed. I, I want to tell you guys a story. There was a time when uh, the serpentine belt in our van broke. And so I went and I, I bought a serpentine belt and I, I replaced it. And I brought it home. I drove the van home. And, uh, and everything worked. But it squealed. I mean, it just, it was like there was a bunch of pigs being murdered under the hood. It was horrible. <laughs> and I went in the, like a conquering hero, and I said to Carrie, honey, I, I fixed the van. And she refused to drive it <laughs> because she apparently thought that the sound meant that it wasn't actually fixed. So I ended up taking it to a mechanic, and he, I don't know, messed with it, knew what he was doing, and it didn't squeal anymore, and it was fine, and she drove it. And I, I've always thought that that is precisely pastor Preuss, the the point of what you're talking about is that it matters who does a thing yeah, i mean exactly if we 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 are not looking for certainty for something as wonderful as certainty from our own actions from our own conclusions from our own reason from our own mind or our own emotions or our own whatever that for certainty to in fact be certain it has to come from god himself and this yeah. is what Peeper's going to say. First Corinthians 2, he quotes it here. He says, uh, we have faith not by the wisdom of men, but by the power of God. God is the one who creates and gives certainty. Pastor Denzer, thoughts on this? Mm. I, uh, I don't know if it's a word quibble, and I don't want to get engaged in those, but I, I do feel like the word assurance always seems to be, it's just too close to insurance, isn't it, right? Uh, looking for something outside to, uh, of the thing itself to, to bolster it up because it probably can't do the job. Uh, whereas certainty has to do with um, the thing itself. And, and that's what's going on here, that God, I, I was reminded of Psalm 51, calling us theologians back to be like the regular Christians who hear God's word and believe it, um, right? God God um, desires truth in the inward being. And, and the word for truth, I mean, in Hebrew, is the word amen. Uh, and that is the most basic thing that every believer, every Christian says. Um, it's the most powerful thing. It, and it's not a, a yes ma'am kind of thing. Um, it's, it, it's, it is faith speaking out loud. It's saying amen. And it is the highest form of faith, not that I'm going to come and, and, and as I think Pastor Preuss said right before the break, um, I am going to know that God is true because finally I've decided that he's true and therefore he is, but that his truth is simply going to um, be worked in me. And, and amen, then, is, is the is simplest and wonderful, most wonderful way to say that. Amen in the heart is faith, is absolute truth, the certainty. Pastor Preuss. Yeah, well, and to clarify kind of what I was saying before the break, too, about, you know, you know that God's Word is true because His work, uh, because He has actually accomplished it um, through, through the resurrection of Jesus. Now, this isn't something that we come to know um, because of our own investigation. Um, this is what the Word itself actually foretold from ancient days and which God brought about. So the Word itself, you really don't need to go anywhere else than in the Word 
Um, you know, some of the best we talk about last last time we we talked, we talked about like apologetics, and really the best apologetics is to study the word and see. You know, a lot of these claims that people make about the Bible um, are the, the the most uh, the, the people who are most susceptible to fall into these lies, to fall into believing these lies about the Bible, are those who don't know the Bible. Read God's Word. It makes you wise. It made the prophets wise. Um, and uh, and it, makes, it, it makes you wise in your, uh, in your daily life um, as, a, as a believer, and it thereby it gives you that certainty. And it's all in there. It, it, it is, um, it, it's like having a... I mean, how do you get to know someone? You have conversations with them, and, uh, and, you, and you listen to them talk. How do you get to know God? How do you get to know Him more and more? You have a conversation with them. Listen to him talk. Read his book. Let the Word of God dwell in you richly. Um, and sing about it. You know, have daily devotions. Sing hymns. Uh, talk about it as you walk on the way and as you sit down. And, uh, and, and this is how God is giving you the certainty. Luther adds to this, uh, and Peeper's going to bring us this axiom from Luther. Man, is, man has a certainty that is passive. But the Word of God has an active certainty. And he goes on to uh, elaborate on that. Luther says, Where this Word of God takes possession of the heart by true faith, it makes the heart as firm, sure, and certain as it is itself, that is, as God's Word is itself, unmoved, stubborn, hard, in the face of temptation, the devil, death, and anything whatsoever, in proud confidence, laughing to scorn all that spells doubt and fear, ire and wrath, for it knows that the word of God cannot lie. Now this is a, I mean, Luther's boasting about this, using words that we would not want to uh, talk about, having a hard heart, a stubborn, unmoved heart. But he's talking about the heart, the heart made certain, unmovable, established, in God's word, which is what you were talking about, Pastor Denzer, with the word "Amen," it just it means you know certainty or sure, or it it'll stand or a foundation, a, a pillar, a, 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 an anchor. Uh, it means all of these things, and that's how God's word um, shapes up our heart when it's planted in the heart. Uh, Pastor Denzer, maybe start with you on this great, great Luther quote. Or uh, the last part gets it right. The word of God cannot lie. That's a, that's an assertion that has to be made. Uh, I was thinking of Pastor Preuss's analogy about the car uh, mechanic, and oh, gosh, I heard some weird noise yesterday, and I'm gonna have to take mine in too. I have a good parishioner who volunteered. Hey, I'll try and save you some money, but we're all nervous. I mean, and that analogy finally fails because we all know there are people who are out there to give you the business and and work you over and rob from you, uh, and and. And that's the that is kind of the the fundamental difference between God and every man, right? And that's why our analogies from us to Him really do fail. Is when the when the Word of God declares something, it does not lie. Um, uh, that is that is different than every man. Every man who says that don't believe him. When the Lord says it, we must. And and it's not. And again, it doesn't come to us as a neutral offer. You know, take it or leave it. It it has an effect on God as well in this way that you know you can't. You can't say, well, I need to bolster you up, God, and see if you, what you're saying is true by some other method, um, without at the same time also saying, actually, I think you're a liar. Hmm. Hmm. You let God be true and every man a liar. And this becomes the basic, the basic statement 
of the of what the Christian is. God doesn't lie. God doesn't lie to me. He doesn't lie when he tells me that he'll raise me on the last day. He doesn't lie when he tells me that the death of Jesus is for me. That God, God, the the trustworthiness of God is the is the foundation of our Christian certainty. Pastor Price. Yeah, you know, one of the things that we've really been battling in the church is, uh, we could call it Methodism. And I'm not necessarily, uh, I'm not, I'm not necessarily, um, singling out the Methodists, uh, the Methodist, uh, denomination, but much broader than that, um, this idea that somehow we, by our methods, can figure out what is really true and what really works. And this is true with the higher critical method of interpreting the Bible, or also known as the historical critical method, um, which uh, which bases which which determines the truth of the scriptures um, uh, upon our uh, uh, historical investigation. makes it makes it contingent upon the historical uh, uh, investigation and historical uh, conclusions that we can make by our methods. Um, and it's the same thing with the Methodism of um, evangelism, um, that somehow we, by our methods, can make the Word of God more palatable, um, or we can create the right experiences, the right environment for the Word of God to work the most effectively. And all both of those approaches um, neglect to see uh, that, uh, that, that important truth that Paul uh, cites in Romans chapter 3, that God is true, though every man be a liar. This, this certainty, this certainty in what God has said is, is true, is a mediated certainty through God's Word. And Peter's going to lay that out for us um, very clearly here. I'll, I'll read this last paragraph, and this will be the last log we throw in this fire. Uh, only by continuing in the Word of Christ is, the Christian, is Christian certainty mediated. Particularly the teachers of the church need to learn this lesson. The Apostle Paul informs every teacher who will not abide by the wholesome words of the Lord Jesus Christ that he has given to hallucinations, knows nothing, is sick with the disease of question and strife of words, 1 Timothy 6.4, and thus shuts out all Christian assurance. The matter of Christian certainty, of personal assurance of the truth, is, as we see, fully settled by the scriptures, in the scriptures, not just in the scriptures, but also by the scriptures. So to continue in the word of Christ uh, is the is the, what we are set to do by the scriptures. And in continuing in His word, the Lord Jesus delivers to us certainty. Uh, Pastor Preuss, we'll start with you on this one. Yeah, that this that this is determined, like you said, not just in the scriptures, but by the scriptures. That the scriptures are active, and they are—they're uh, proving themselves. Uh, both they're proving themselves uh, both historically when they were written, um, and also now here in time as they're convincing you. And that that gets to you know Luther's uh, kind of external and internal clarity of the scriptures, where the external clarity is that the scriptures are true and clear, and they don't—they're not hiding the truth. Um, and there's also the internal clarity that is the promise of the, the of the scriptures to enlighten, um, to give uh, to give you the Holy Spirit, uh, who if he spoke through the scriptures, then he still is in the scriptures and working through them, 
and not just alongside them, where he's going to maybe come a little bit later on after you read the Bible and then pray a lot and then, and then maybe get zapped by the Holy Spirit, but know that the wisdom is right there in the Scriptures and, and that the Scriptures are themselves uh, proving themselves to be true and convincing you through all of that um, of the truth and gi- thereby giving you that certainty. Pastor Denzer. I, uh, it's good that Pep, Dr. Pieper says, you know, hey, us teachers of the Church really need to learn this lesson. I do. Uh, parishioners come with questions all the time, as they ought to, and they come to their pastor, as they ought to, and they come saying, you know, what does this mean? Uh, how do I know this Bible passage is true? You know, I don't understand this, or I struggle with this. And how often, to our shame, we start saying, well, yes, but, but in history, or, well, yes, but you see, and our answer is not, is is not actually delivering the word of God by which faith is created to them. Um, shame on us. Uh, we fall into this trap, and that's why we need to learn it, is so that we can speak this to them. Um, uh, one good example, I mean, how do you do this? Well, uh, what do you do with, with somebody whose faith is rocked? Um, you point them back to the sure word of God. You you speak the sure word of God directly to them. Uh, think of the example um, it, when when a Christian comes for individual confession absolution of their pastor, their pastor may gently ask them a number of questions as they're confessing. But it's always been told to me the one question that's not up for grabs is, i got to ask this question, do you believe that the forgiveness I'm speaking here is God's own forgiveness? And uh, so far, I'm so thankful that everybody said yes, but uh, what if somebody said no? What in the world would you do then? You're saying you don't believe God's word, and you're not going to believe this forgiveness of your sins as a result. What in the world can I say to that? The answer is, I'm going to take them to John 20. I'm going to show them where Jesus says, if you forgive the sins of any that are forgiven, where he himself comes to his disciples and says, I'm not angry with you. Here is the peace, and it comes from my wounds, and I am alive. And come and do not be unbelieving, but be believing. Um, these are that, that is exactly where faith is bolstered, where faith is, is certain, where faith is faith when it hears the Word of God. It reminds me of that, uh, that, that episode in uh, Bo Geertz's book, The Hammer of God, and that first, that first story that he tells where there's this man dying, and he's, so, he's uncertain. He doesn't think that he's going to go to heaven because he knows of the sins that he's committed. And this young pastor comes, and he doesn't know what to say to him, and he just tries to reason with him, and it just doesn't satisfy, doesn't give the guy any certainty. And then this lady comes, and uh, she just... I think Katrina, she comes and she just quotes Bible passages to him. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You know, uh, it, it, we, the, he who does not work but trusts in him who justifies the ungodly of faith is reckoned to him as righteousness. This, you know, Christ has made uh, the propitiation for our sins, for the sins of the whole world. And this, this just, she just quoted Bible passages to him, and that gave him a certainty. It's really a beautiful story. Pastor Preuss, Pastor Denzer, thank you guys so much. Uh, for joining us on Cross Defense this afternoon. Uh, It is true that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of Christ. And if faith is certainty, then we can say that certainty comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of Christ. When the Lord Jesus preaches His Word, His promises, that His cannot lying speech into our own ears, then certainty is planted 
and it grows for, forth. And you Christians who are listening can, can have that certainty, not because you're smart enough to get to it, not because you're strong enough to, to climb to it, not because uh, you are trustworthy enough to trust in your own opinions, but because God has spoken. And when we build on the house of the words of God, when we build on the solid foundation of his speaking, then we stand planted in his word. And we will stand planted in that word even on the last day when Jesus calls us forth from the grave and gives us the gift of eternal life. That is the joy that we have in the Lord's certainty. I'm Pastor Brian Wolfmuller of Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. You can find out more about the church by visiting the website hope-aurora.org or wolfmuller.co and find out some of the other projects, some recent videos that we've put together. And please make plans to join us next week again on Cross Defense as we rejoice in the comfort of God's Word. Listening to Cross Defense, produced by Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314 996 1518. Or you can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at KFUO.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Cross Defense on Worldwide KFUO.